Joe Clack, busy, busy man. Instead of joining us at a uh, little after 8 like he does on Wednesday, he is joining us right now, presented by Audi Flatirons. Joel, I just need to start by asking you, are you okay, little fella? Because based on what I was seeing on social media, you were clearly re- rooting for Ohio State and had to be devastated that Ohio State <laughs> lost to Michigan. So uh, how you holding up there, uh, big guy? <laughs> oh, man, it's hilarious. I, I, lo- I love that narrative. You know, you, you do a game, you do a uh, really a whole season, and, and all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're biased clearly for, for one team. Um, doing great, man. That was a, an incredible game. Um, and I got super fortunate. I don't know, Mark, if you've ever had this, but like four hours after the game, I just got crushed with like a, a flu. And so I'm just getting over it now, but I was so grateful that it didn't, didn't pop up actually during the game. Uh, so that's what I was most worried about the next day. I didn't. I didn't really care what all those aggregate articles decided to, to say. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like you have an opinion of, of one controversial call, and it's like, wow. Oh. I think it's the betters, to be honest with you, because like when when they feel like you're messing with their money, then then they're really upset, as if I'm making the call myself. Right. Yeah. I always, you know, I always say it, when you're in the booth, all you're really rooting for is a good game. Yeah, I don't. I don't care, right? Hundred percent. And then, and then the 100%. other, and then the other thing I always, I always kind of uh, celebrate is I celebrate the good stuff. Like part of yeah, it, quality. part of it, part of it is it's not so much about correcting or admonishing or crushing a guy who you know had a blown assignment or missed a block, right? It's really about praising the other team for doing it well. And, and I always yeah. I always try to, like, let's celebrate the game and let's root for a good game. And one of the things that happened in your game, and I know you kind of got emotional about this, is uh, the guard, was it Zach Zinter, that, that it broke his leg? Yeah. It, it, take us yeah. through that story a little bit in uh, the Reader's Digest version of, of what transpired, because I think it's awesome. Okay, so Zach Zenter is, is a four-year starter. He's, he's played 41 career games, comes back, could have gone to the NFL, you know, clear leader of the team, you know, leader of the offensive line, one of the best offensive lines in the country. Um, everybody on that team just loves Zach Zenter, embodies what, what they're all about. Well, he pretty clearly breaks his leg, you know, it's, and it's one of those everybody on the field knows it. The cart is immediately out on the field. The air cast is immediately out. And when somebody like that, when anybody goes down in an injury like that, the air leaves the building. You, you and I both, both know that. But it's, it's something different when the PA announcer, you know, comes on and it's like down on the field, number 65, Zach Center. The entire fan base knows. The entire team knows. They know what's going on. And it, it was like a pin could drop in there. And at the time, you know, game is, is – Seriously in question, Ohio State's been playing really well, in particular on the defensive line. And all of a sudden, you know, the crowd, and I have never experienced this before, the crowd, like, lifts the entire team up off the mat. And they start chanting, let's go, Zach. You know, there was no, there was no DJ. It's not manufactured. It's not, a, you know, it's, there's no music. The PA announcer is not leading a chant. It's not like the NBA in which the PA announcer every time down the floor is like, you know, it was literally just this organic 
groundswell, 110,000 people start chanting, let's go, Zach. I, I'm, I'm watching Ohio State fans on the cameras chanting, let's go, Zach. Everyone kind of feels the enormity of this moment. And at that moment, the Michigan team stands up, gets off the sideline, and walks out onto the field. And you can tell they went from this very emotional, dejected team to a very fired up and galvanized team. Next snap of the football, they take it in and and score on a nice little touchdown run. And sure enough, Blake Corum, one of their other leaders who scores the touchdown, flashes a six five Zach Zenter's number right in our camera. And I got like I was I was emotional. I have a hard time watching guys get hurt and and seeing the the human emotion of the game. So at one point, right before that snap, I actually turn around in the booth because I'm like, I need to get it together here. I can't be throwing around like, you know, the, the musty choke up uh, over over plays here in this game. So I kind of turn around, get my notes together, and then finally <laughs> turn around and look at the play as they score. But that was quite a moment, man. Mm-hmm. It's something that I, I have never quite experienced in my career, a crowd getting that loud and chanting in that fashion to kind of lift the team up uh, when they were in the depths. And, and that's when you started rooting for Michigan, right? And yeah. clearly, that's when it changed. Right. Right. That's, well, no. yeah. that's when it changed. But, 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 <laughs> but apparently, I was rooting for Ohio State, I thought. No, that's what, right? that's yeah. what I meant. That's what I meant. Ohio State. I'm very confused. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very confused. yeah, yeah I am too. Uh, Joel Clapp presented by... Well, Go ahead. I was just going to say one last thing. You know what's also interesting, Mike, is, is that when you're doing a close game, the home team fan base generally thinks that you're not doing a good job for them. And and the reason is, is because you're going to lay out more for the crowd after quality plays than jumping in right away for praise of the play. You see, I despise certain announcers, maybe very prominent ones, that just shout right away over quality plays. Maybe like a you know NFL record interception return. I, I just like let it breathe like you know let the crowd and the emotion breathe because the fan at home that's what they can't experience i can give a replay you know 10 seconds from now 15 seconds from now 20 seconds from now but what they will never get back is the immediacy of the pictures and the reaction and the noise of that moment and generally those are more special when home team uh success happens and so that's just a little like nuance into well, why would I not talk after a touchdown like Blake Corum scored after the Jack Denter until after the extra point? Well, because I don't want to run a replay until after the extra point because we want to milk the scene. Sure. And and so those are all little things, too, that, that, that go into it. Uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts as we, we transition here. I always love your, your quarterback insight. Uh, in a piece in The Athletic, a defensive anonymous, defensive coach, is quoted as saying, Sean Payton is calling the game almost as if Russell is a rookie quarterback. Basically, it's run, run, and if he's not throwing it either one or two in a progression, he can scramble, which plays to his strengths. I hate to use this term, but he's a game manager. He's a very good one, too. Break that th- that down. Do you, do you see Sean Payton treating him like he's a rookie? And how do you feel about the term game manager? Well, every every quarterback is a game manager. I don't, I don't have any idea why that is a a bad moniker. Every quarterback manages the game, and every quarterback that's any good at his craft has to manage the game incredibly well. 
They have to manage their own system. Um, it's the great ones that then can go above that when needed. But you don't always have to play above managing the system. You know, operating an, an offense uh, from the quarterback position is a lot like driving a car. You want it to be a part of you. You don't want to have to think about every time you're hitting the brake or turning on your blinker or looking at, at you know, wh- whatever road signals there are, or the traffic. It's just got to kind of be a feel, a part of you. Your offense has to be reactive to you. That's what's managing the game. When the defense gives you something, you take it. You know, I think too often quarterbacks are taught early in their career that they've got to be more than a game manager. And the reality is, is that that evolves and, and that reveals itself to be more than a game manager because you've got to be a terrific game manager in order to have success. So that's, that's number one. I have no idea why that that's a, that's a bad moniker. Number two is, is he calling it like a rookie? He's calling it to the strengths of his quarterback, you know, and, and I, I bring this comment up all the time. You know, you're successful not because you don't have weaknesses. You're successful because you identify your strengths and then you build habits to make those strengths even stronger. And I think that's what Sean has done. If you see this year, if you watch this season, what he has done is he went in with an idea of, okay, this is what I think that we can do. Then he adjusted and, and he took his pride away, and he said, all right, I thought this is what we could do, but now this is I, what I know we can do, and I know we can be successful doing these things. Well, I, I don't understand how that's, how that's bad. Now, is, is Russell being treated like Patrick Mahomes? No, nor should he, because he's not that player. And quite honestly, he's playing better now than he has in a long time in, in, in direct light of the way that Sean is calling the game. He's putting Russell in position to be successful. Russell is doing the things that he can control, like manage the game, and then when necessary, he's been making plays. And this is the thing that I'll disagree with, is like it makes it sound like he's just out there like making only the bare bones necessary plays, and that's not the case. He's managing, he's managing, he's managing, and then when needed, all of a sudden there's a little scramble and a throw. And it's like, that's what you want from Russell Wilson, and that's, I think, what makes him good when he's playing well. Uh, So that would be my thoughts on that. And that's the Russell Wilson that uh, lived in Seattle for 10 years and went to nine Pro Bowls. I mean, that's exactly what he did. Same type of offense. Real quick, uh, 30 seconds or so that we have left. CU, what do you make of coaches leaving? I think Tim Brewster left. I think some guys have decommitted. You know, the whole line left. Yeah, Sean Lewis left. So what, what do you make of what's going on at CU right now? Well, there's always going to be movement. Uh, it's, it's a rarity to, to have everything stay the same every single year. And you're always going to have decommitments based on coaches' movement. Um, I, I, I would say that that's the nature of college football now. You're going to have decommitments. You're going to have transfer portal. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is, is, is that I don't know if Tim Brewster was going to be there always long term. That's something that was kind of handwriting on the wall. Sean found a better opportunity as a, as a head coach. That's fantastic. And there was one current transfer player. So if you look at the recruiting that they've done, they don't have a ton of volume because they don't have enough spots. So they're never going to have a a huge ranking. But what you should watch for is that the average rating of the player, and their average rating of the player right now, they would bring in on average the best player in the Big 12. They would have the, the number one rating per player in the Big 12. So, 
you know, I, I think that the, the, the national narrative is either you love them or you hate them. And when you hate them, you want to tear them down at all costs. And I don't think that that's quite the, the, the truth. Joel, you're the best. Thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you guys. Have a great morning, okay? You got it. Joel Clapp presented by Audi Flatirons.